Welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. We are on episode number eight. Here on this episode, we get to talk with the team from StockGuard. StockGuard is a new company that was recently introduced into the ag startup engine. StockGuard is essentially reinventing the way that livestock producers insure themselves. Um, this episode was actually our very first virtual recording, so I think it went pretty well, but you'll notice the sound sounds a little bit different. Um, but we had three guests on the podcast, Jeff Gillis, CEO and co-founder, Kirsten Miller, Chief Product Officer and co-founder, and then Greg Boroff, Head of Sales and Business Development. Uh, Jeff, Kirsten, and Greg uh, had some great insight into the company, talked a little bit about uh, starting up a company from ground zero, um, talking about where they think StockGuard uh, can be headed here in the, in the near future. Just a really fun conversation with the three of them. I appreciate their time very much. Uh, hope you enjoy. I think maybe let's, we can just start it off um, by everybody just go around and maybe just give a little bit of background, just so the listeners have um, some background and um, we can go from there. Matt, you have a great voice for podcast, man, by the way. Well, I appreciate <laughs> sure it. I appreciate you know it. Um, so my name is Jeff Gillis. Um, I went to Stanford and then worked at Google for eight years and was lucky enough to be part of the Google Analytics launch there from like zero users to 10 to 15 million or something like that. It was just a great, great ride. Um, and then I started a few companies after that and uh, then linked up with a venture capital firm, which had an idea and not an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial team. And so uh, they reached out um, to myself and also my co-founder, Kirsta, who's here as well. And we, we met basically a year ago and uh, both came from different industries and backgrounds and met and hit it off and decided to vet the idea and then you know, proved it out and, and then got it up and got it running. So basically it's a unique story. We were incubated somewhat by a venture capital firm. We're fully formed and off and running and growing. Um, and yeah, so we'll get into all that. That's my background. I'll, I'll kick it over to Kirsta for hers. Cool, yeah. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so like he was saying, I uh, I got to, to join the StockGuard team as a co-founder about a year ago, but prior to that, uh, so I, I grew up in Texas, uh, went to the University of Texas for my um, undergraduate in computational biology and uh, graduate studies in uh, public health, actually. Um, and then I, I found my way into a, an unusual field called catastrophe modeling. So for, for those who don't know, so this is kind of a, an area where folks research um, traditionally natural catastrophes, so uh, hurricanes, earthquakes, those kinds of things, and try to uh, help fi build financial instruments to uh, prepare and and um, and mitigate the potential losses due to those due to those uh, devastating natural catastrophes, all based on math, you know, and uh, and so I, I got I joined this company called AIR Worldwide, and and they had this idea or to broach the pandemic world in a similar way. So there's these great um, analytic tool, analytical tools out there to, to build and, and, and model out uh, the potential losses due to pandemics. And so that was where I really found my way into this, this kind of interesting world of cat catastrophic modeling. 
in the subset of uh, pandemic modeling. Um, yeah, so let's see. Yeah, as Jeff was mentioning, yeah, we, we were approached by a venture capital firm. Um, I was actually working for a startup in uh, San Francisco at the time called Metabiota. And we, uh, yeah, we were building out those human infectious disease models for, for those risk management uh, programs. And the idea was from the venture capital uh, idea was that we would, we would bring, bring about those, those similar ideas into livestock uh, risk mitigation, risk management. So, so that's where I came along, um, bringing my epidemiological background and, um, and yeah, so heading off the, the data science, data science arena for Stockgard. So that's, that's basically it. Yeah, now I'm, I'm over in the Bay Area. Happy to be kicking this off with, with Jeff. And yeah, we, we've uh, been lucky enough to hire the best people for this company possible. Uh, so of course, we, we, hired, uh, we, we brought Greg on board just uh, uh, not too long ago. Um, so I thought maybe I'll pass it over to Greg. Well, thank you, Kirsta. I'm uh, Matt. I'm literally on site. I'm I'm in I'm in our adopted office in the Vermeer Building here on the research in the research park. Very cool. I wish I would have known that we could have invited you over. The last for the past hour, I've been working on a presentation with a potential uh, LRP customer. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, I I'm a graduate here in 1981 of Iowa State. I come from a family grain and livestock farm in Western Illinois. Uh, if you were to condense my X teen years in this ag journey, it would be central to uh, ag lending and credit, uh, 21 years of hedging and, and trading uh, with uh, ag oriented customer base of feed yards, row, row croppers, et cetera. And then I also coupled that with crop insurance in the, in the last 10 to 12 years. Um, was introduced late last fall uh, to the Stockard group and their mission. And uh, I feel very humbled that my uh, years of experience have found value in this model. It's very exciting. Great. Jeff, if you could just give us maybe the, the elevator pitch, uh, uh, what sure. is Stockard? Um, just give the listeners a little bit of a rundown. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and by the way, I should say that I grew up on the coasts and, you know, so, and Kirsta has a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of credibility than I am because she comes from Texas um, and has, you know, a great background in insurance as well. And, but we, you know, having Greg on board as also an Iowa State grad, little plug there, uh, has been really helpful lately because, you know, he has a history in, in both farming and insurance. And so, you know, when we talk, he, he, he really comes from experience. So just mentioning that we've really added some good pieces lately. And, and uh, so, yeah, just a quick overview about StockGuard. So our mission is to provide a safety net for the livestock industry. Um, what does that mean? We're offering insurance products that have not been offered in the United States before for livestock producers. They will cover the period from breeding to when that animal goes to market to the packer. So currently a livestock producer can mitigate risk by hedging price fluctuations on the, the commodities markets by buying a put in the futures market. And that way they're covered if there's a downturn in the price. Um, you've taken out a hedge and you're covered. But you're not covered if something happens before you even get to market. 
what if you know your machine breaks down your machine being the animal production that you're doing um, your money's locked up for six months while your assets mature and you pour resources into them including feed and payroll and things like that and sometimes what we hear is that they feel like they're kind of gambling you know oftentimes there's just no safety net if some production disruption some shock hits your herd like disease um and so you know it can be six months it can be a year that you're you're growing your animals depending on the species and we're focusing on um, cattle and pigs and you're just hoping to make it to the packer you're hoping to make it to that sale <clears throat> um Obviously, these, these operations are mature and, you know, getting more technical and they're very, very successful often. But sometimes these things happen. And um, the kind of one of the market drivers for us is that there's a lot better record keeping now. So we can access troves of data that these operations are keeping on their, their animals. And we can use that to kind of price out risk. Um, so, for example, if a disease hits a herd in month one or two or three, and you know, decimates it like your sow, for example, does not produce a litter, um, or the piglets that have been born don't make it to the weaning stage for some reason. With advanced analytics, we and records that we now have access to, including holistic industry on animal data in the in the industry, um, and through kind of just disease prediction uh, that we're now able to do, we can offer an operation insurance if a breakdown like that happens uh, and a disruption in their production. Awesome. That's a good, I think that's a good um, just kind of overview. I, it seems like a lot of just based on um, the introductions and then that, it seems like a lot of the, um, you know, what makes Stockard runs is data and having access to that is, is not always something that the ag industry is particularly um, associated with. How, what have you seen from from producers so far? Uh, has this been something that, you know, they're they're able to give you what you need, or it, you know, is it just select groups, maybe the larger ones that are um, able to provide that? What's what does that look like? I might turn it over to our data scientist expert, Kirsta. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so at this moment, the our our target clients are are those who are collecting the types of data that we need uh, so that's that simplifies things a little bit um so a lot of the big uh for example we're, we're honing in on the uh the the pig uh, industry at this moment and a lot of those those um those larger integrated systems or or just larger independent producers keep really good records of of their their sow breeding uh, uh, herd, so so those those guys are are primed and ready for for us to come in uh, in theory to to then uh, help protect them against potential losses. Of course, yeah, you, you do highlight a uh, yeah one one challenge that we we uh, dealt with. Um, so in in for example with with modeling catastrophic diseases, it would be very nice if we knew. All if we had great open open data sources for all of the the animal farms or, and, and producers in the United States, of course we don't have that. So we utilize uh, you know more aggregated information from things like the Census Bureau and, and some satellite imagery um, in order to to you know map out where these farms are and and um, and then theor like simulate how animals move throughout the, that ecosystem. So. 
you know, we, 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 we manage with what's available, but more data is always better. <laughs> Definitely. Is this, is the creation of StockGuard, it, was it a response to African swine fever and stuff that's happened in, the, in, you know, really recent history, or has this been kind of in the works for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the idea of this, this particular type of insurance, you know, it's, it's, been in, in existence for, for a while. Like people have been toying with this idea of, of foreign animal disease insurance for, for some time. Uh, however, the, um, the explosion of African swine fever outbreaks in uh, Europe and in Asia uh, really heightened the, um, well, the, the concern in this industry for, for something to protect these, these producers. Um, so, you know, their, their financial, um, security is really at risk right now. Uh, so, so it definitely, um, encouraged our, 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 uh, creation, but, uh, but I think that there, there are also, you know, um, additional, you know, challenges that, that face livestock producers that, that we're also trying to address at the same time. So it's not, you know, solely African swine fever that we're focused on, um, at this point, but, but, you know, it definitely helped. For sure. Definitely. And, and Greg, I know you mentioned a little bit of this um, in the very beginning, but could you just maybe give a little more detail of what, what is the difference between StockGuard and your traditional insurance? I, you know, like I said, I I know you touched on it a little bit, but maybe just go into that a little bit more. Well, let's look at the present state of the industry, if you will, on, on, on crop insurance, because I, I think that's probably going to be part of our chapter two and our chapter three. Uh, right now, crop insurance graciously provided at the cost of the U.S. taxpayer has in the last five to 10 years, especially brought a lot of peace of mind to the row crapper in the United States. It's multi-peril, whether it's bugs or drought or flood, you're, you're covered at a trigger price. In fact, then you've also got it covered at your trigger price because you have your own proven APH. You have a proven yield. To bring that backwards, that's what Kirsta and Ewing's modeling is doing, is we are bringing the APH, the proven productivity of each site into their insurance policy, okay? Uh, If you think of it this way, Matt, uh, crop insurance and livestock insurance, as we're working on right now, we actually have started at opposite poles. Crop insurance started yield-based back in the 80s and has become revenue-based and site-specific. The opposite has happened in the livestock industry. You've been able to purchase mortality policies. You've been able to purchase catastrophic uh, policies. Uh, but they weren't site specific. They had nothing to do with necessarily what might uh, uh, encumber your operation. So we're bringing that backwards. We're bringing the APH, the, the proven productivity into your policy. Now, going back to your, your question and point, even in crop insurance today, it still got, has the resemblance of some one size fits all. And there are holes in the policies as we see it. Uh, we've we've identified major holes in the livestock policies because there's there, there's nothing out there. But even in the crop policies, there's holes that I think with technology, uh, you're going to be able to insure crops in the future, not too distant future, 
right down to the section. Uh, and right now we, we've got things down to a county basis, but uh, with, with the, the satellitic and, and the, the data mining we've got available and forthcoming, we're gonna be able to have more uh, site-specific uh, uh, insurability in crops as well. But right now our first focus, we've got our boat loaded uh, just attacking the livestock industry. But in every one of these livestock relationships also exists what? Probably a crop relationship because they have to have feed. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at the whole venue. We also think there's probably uh, in, the, in the modeling that Kirsten and Ewing have done, we think there's probably a, 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 a market share out there for all the vendors that are wrapped around these, these operations. In, in, the, in the outbreak of an African swine fever uh, epidemic, what will happen to the, to the feed companies uh, or the packers or the truckers? Uh, all these periphery uh, vendors make a living off the industry too. So it's, it's a gaping need that's been there, I won't say yelling for help, but there was not a, a big effort made. And that's the effort that the groundwork was laid before I came. But that, that's our focus. That's our rifle. By the way, Matt, um, <clears throat> Ewing, who Greg mentions, is uh, this teammate of ours who's, uh, we just got really lucky to get him as well. Um, he's kind of like the Mozart of insurance <laughs> on our team. He's been, he was at Munich Re. And, you know, again, it's like when, you know, maybe some of your audience is like, you know, interested in how, you know, you build up a small company. We just got lucky, came in through our network and, you know, was doing a great job at Munich Re, but ready to, to take a risk and try a small startup. So we started talking to him for about, Kirsten, I think it was like three months. And he would send us these long answers because we didn't know much about insurance at the time. We both were, at least I especially, was ramping into it and learning about, you know, all the terms and the math behind it and stuff like that. And he would, he basically would kind of, you know, moonlight for us. And then we were just, it became totally, you know, uh, clear that we wanted to hire him and, you know, made an offer and, you know, got lucky. He, he started um, some, he created some cat products at Munich Re, like a wildfire program and some other new products. So he's just been like the perfect complement to the three of us as well. So we each kind of embody a little different area of expertise on the team. And we're running right now, you know, as fast as we can and trying to stay really lean. Uh, and we'll add slowly and, and, you know, raise a little more money. Um, but right now it's, it's working. Sure. For sure. That's, I think that's a great, go ahead, Greg. Sorry. It's small, Matt. We, if we had a Christmas party, we could all go together in the same mover. That's That's one way to put it. I like it. (laughs) That one Uber level is where we are. (laughs) Oh no, that's great. That's a great segue into kind of what I, what another topic I wanted to get into is the, the, the kind of the lean startup um, um, culture. Talk about, you know, talk about the beginning stages, talk about, you know, where, walk me through the beginning stages. Actually, Kirsten can, I'll, maybe Kirsten will do that because we literally started it at the exact, you know, we came in together. Kirsten, do you want to? Before you, Jeff, what? <laughs> What'd <kidding>. you say? <laughs> One hour before you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, we, we definitely joined at the, uh, joined forces at the, the same time. Um, so I had been working for, about three years at a at a startup at prior to start Stockard, and uh, and at that point, uh, one of uh, our friendlies, or one of our, our um, uh, venture capital firm who was friendly with my company, um, approached myself 
and Jeff um, at the same time, just to say, you know, there's this, this interesting idea. We would like a couple of entrepreneurs to join forces um, to, to flesh this out, see, see if we can build some insurance products and protect the livestock industry better. Um, and they had actually been working, uh, the venture capital firm had been uh, brainstorming and, and meeting regularly on this subject. So, so they had actually had a team of advisors that were, that were in the agriculture, in the livestock space and saying, you know, there's a need and, and potentially there's, there's, um, uh, a product. There's there's something that that a, a new company could could build for this need, and uh, so yeah, that was it was really exciting to to uh, be able to start this company. I'd never you know uh, be started a company before. Uh, I'd been in an, in a startup for a, a while then, and, and you know dealt with the the um, you know f- fundraising from from afar. But uh, but yeah, we we definitely. Uh, got lucky in that, that, you know, we, we were just incubated and, and the idea was, it was, um, was there. We just had to, to flesh it out and, and hire the right people and, and get, get our, our product, uh, products moving. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that also is a good segue. You guys must uh, have my notes in front of you. Uh, Ag Startup Engine. Talk about the, the relationship there, um, relatively recent, uh, go into that a little bit. What are you, what are you, um, what have you gained from the Ag Startup Engine connection? Um, what, what are they helping with? Talk about that. Yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, but just wanted to also say, you know, <laughs> starting this company during COVID has been insane, especially cause it's a, you know, we are doing disease research and, Hearing, you know, Kirsten's journey has been fascinating because she came from the human pathogen side and then joined, you know, we joined forces and then COVID broke out. So, um, and now we're doing, you know, livestock and, and, and anyway, you know, the fact that we can't all get together, it's all Zoom. Um, you know, we want to visit farms and stuff and we can't at all, you know, that's a huge risk. That's been fascinating. But at the same time, we got so lucky. I can hear entrepreneurs listening, gnawing their teeth because we have this incubation status with a, a venture capital firm, which is unique and been great, like Kirsty was saying. And, um, you know, that, that's been really good. And so that is how we met Ag Startup Engine. So our VC, Jim Kim, the VC is called Builders.VC. They introduced us to Joel Harris um, at Ag Startup Engine. And it was like, you know, the, the introduction that has led to all introductions, including Greg on this call. Um, and uh, it just, it, it was amazing. It kind of broke everything open to us. He he said on a call once he's opened his black book to us or whatever it is. I can't remember the term, maybe not, maybe not black book, but his contacts list. And, um, and, you know, introduced us to our kind of academic peer reviewers who Kirsta is, is working with and, you know, they're helping us build this model. They're introducing us to end clients. Um, so, you know, we formally applied after about two months of knowing Joel and we were like, yeah, we really want to be a part of this if we can. And, um, you know, we needed more of a presence in Iowa and luckily met Greg, um, you know, who's an Iowa guy. And it's been incredible. I got to say, you know, um, meeting Allison and, you know, seeing the, you know, the resources at Iowa State, I had no idea how robust the engineering program is there, you know, I had a sense of the ag program, but, you know, and the startup community, 
And, you know, Ag Startup Engine has been, um, it's been really, really vibrant, more than we kind of even expected. Yeah, Ag Startup Engine, they've, they've just been the ultimate, uh, like, network facilitator and, and advisors for us so far. Um, it's, it's really been a, a privilege to, to get to work with them. Awesome. And Greg, what, Greg, what's your, what's your relationship with Ag Startup Engine? How'd you, how'd you get connected? Well, you know, it, it, you never know where the bridge is going to lead. Uh, a, a very good friend of mine that graduated with me here in 81, his nephew uh, lives here in Ames and is very active in the ag community, and he's a part of the ag startup engine. And he met uh, Jeff, I believe probably dating back to your, your, your pitch to the ag startup. And uh, then in, in a private dinner, he had conversation with Jeff that, they needed uh, probably somebody that could get down in the weeds. So, <laughs> having said that, I do want to take backwards some compliments here, though, that uh, they're very complimentary of, of my background in the whole group, and that's humbling. But what the three of them have done as far as orientation in 12 or 13 months is phenomenal. I, mean, I, I roll reverse it and think, to myself, throw me into the Google atmosphere environment and where would I be in 12 or 13 months or, or take me into epidemiology or throw me into Munich Re. Um, you know, I, I would doubt if 16 or 18 months ago, either one of my comrades on the screen would have known how to talk about pigs per sow per year or, or weaning weight of a calf. And now it rolls off of their tongue uh, it, they've done an amazing job of, of mining data and, and I keep using the word over humbling themselves, not that there was any arrogance anyway, but to say, okay, I'm in a different environment now. If we're going to have any success, I have to adapt because this is where I'm going. I'm going into livestock agriculture and all the three of them have done a remarkable job. Uh, it's it, the, the, their ability of and their, their ability to learn and their curiosity uh, keeps me on my toes. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's great. <clears throat> that is great. Hey, I will say also, it has been so humbling to be part of this because, you know, these operations are so advanced, you know, raising animals and everything that goes into it and how much, you know, uh, you know, analysis and usage of resources. It's been really interesting to learn about. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. Very cool. Very cool. You mentioned uh, the university connection there uh, with, you know, Ag Startup Engine's um, location and connections. I, I noticed uh, a while back there was an internship posting for a stock guard intern. Are you still looking? Have you filled that role? What's that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> we, we, we are always looking for sure. So yes, please reach out. Um, we're going to market in about two months, I think. Uh, on a wider basis right now we're kind of beta beta testing and stuff so we we definitely have needs in insurance and marketing and uh data you know data science so if you're if you're interested please reach out to me absolutely we and shameless plug here for our research park listeners we we always post those internships and career uh opportunities on the website all of our listeners knows that know that isupark.org. So that'll be a great place to find more information, but um, let's, let's go looking forward just a little bit more. What's, what's next. You mentioned uh, going live here in the next couple months. What's, what's coming up next. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we want to have some live customers. So we're going to market um, this year with uh, two products. Um, Kirsta and team have created the most com comprehensive uh, prediction model for ASF entry into the United States. It hasn't come yet. So how does she do that? I mean, it's all existing data that she puts together and thousands of variables and creates millions of simulation events, which people are becoming more familiar with due to COVID. You simulate whether something's going to happen and then put a probability number behind it. Um, so we're going to market with um, a product that is insuring against an FAD outbreak. So in the pig case, ASF, African swine fever, which you know is top of mind and um, we, we get that because it's it's broken in all over China and now in Germany. Um, <clears throat> so we, we want to give um, some stability and kind of, you know, re reduce the anxiety around FAD. In cattle, that will be foot and mouth disease. So those are cat lines. And then we will also offer this very innovative and kind of um, novel production uh, disruption insurance that I mentioned before, which, as Greg mentioned, has these similarities to crop insurance. So people are really understanding it. And, you know, a lot of these pig operations are kind of like big factories. You know, it's like if they churn pigs out every week and get new ones in. And if that breaks down due to a disease, you know, they want to be covered. So that's going to be really novel. Nobody has been offering that because it's, it requires a lot of data. So that's coming. Um, we can't wait. We think the reception is going to be very welcome and also, you know, offer a lot of... Um, just kind of comfort to to the producers and to kind of the entire food chain. So, Kirsten, did you want to add anything about the that's on the short term? Um, anything on the long term or roadblocks or anything like that? Yeah, definitely roll out pretty soon with those the foreign animal disease and says FAD foreign animal disease uh, coverage it's very soon. And then uh, of course we 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 hope to to roll out our second product. Um, soon after that so hopefully by the end of the year if you if we, we catch up again at the end of the year we'll have some uh some some coverage there yeah uh we also think we'll be a two or three uber company by the time the year's over there you go i could do a little i hiring. like the measurement i like the i like the <laughs> units i uh to hit to hit on one more thing kind of based on you know on the two or three uber uh, point. You've basically taken uh, your company from from ground zero to, you know, four employees, correct, at this point. And you've done this all in different states, uh, almost entirely mm -hmm. online, I assume. Do you, do you see in, in the future, is that just going to be a way of life for, for yourselves and other startups? Or do you think there is some value in uh, in proximity that, that maybe you are missing out on. What do you, what do you think that's going to look like going forward? I think we all would love to answer this question and maybe we can all jump in. Cause it's like, we all come from different perspectives. Greg having joined, is it four weeks now, Greg, or something like that. And I came from a blockchain company where it was all remote friendly in quotes, which meant you never had to go into the office. So they were a little ahead of this curve. This, so I've been doing this for, you know, three years now. And um, then COVID came and it, everybody says what it accelerated us. We were all heading this direction, but it accelerated it quicker a, a couple years, you know, in, in a couple months or whatever. So um, I have not met 
uh, Ewing that Mozart of insurance in person yet. We have not laid our hands on him. Uh, and, and and another employee of ours as well, who's an, in, an intern who will be hired over the summer. Um, so, sorry, your question is, is this how it's going to go and is it okay? It's been okay. You know, Greg mentioned sometimes, you know, meeting in person in this industry is kind of important. It's very important, actually. And I've noticed it in the trip Greg and I took recently. Greg, do you want to touch on that side of things or joining a company that's more virtual than other companies you've been part of? Yeah, and I'll, thank you. I uh, uh, my learning curve has uh, has not been a resistant one, but but I, I you know I was at the board of trade. I I dealt one on one with my farmer and feedlot customers. Crop insurance, I was always face to face. I, I and coming from the ag community, I come from a face to face type of culture. So the last twelve or thirteen months was like whoa. I, I, I might be in my 60s, but I got to get with it. And uh, fortunately, I've had good support around me, and I haven't been resistant. Uh, I, the rest, my two uh, comrades on the screen won't be surprised when I say that I believe that the best galvanizing relationship in agriculture is, is still face-to-face. Uh, however, uh, yeah, the fortunate thing of this unfortunate crisis that we've all been in is everyone is in the same boat. And so the, our clientele, our perspectives, our, our VC partners, everyone is very, uh, has a grown an aptitude of dealing virtually. But when the day that the gates finally, apparently will slowly open up and we can get back to, you know, I guess probably the handshake is gone, but we can at least do some, some uh, fist bumps. Uh, I think being back face to face is still the, the most, uh, the strongest bond in agriculture. But we've also found several things that will probably never, will never go back. Uh, several things can be done virtually that, that uh, you know, don't have to be in person anymore. Like a podcast recording with four people from uh, three, three different states, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Um, and just like a really quick note, I know not to belabor this, but uh, uh, we, I feel like we've been given permission to ignore location when hiring also. Uh, whereas before I, I feel like I, anytime I've been a part of hiring folks, you kind of first look at the, the people who are in your community. Now we don't even look at where people are. We just, I mean, except for Greg, cause we wanted to, <laughs> to, to have somebody uh, actually in, in Iowa. And, and of course, moving forward with our, our agents, uh, our insurance agents will of course be um, uh, location specific, but as far as uh, uh, tech and, and engineering teams like we're we're not even thinking about where exactly they're located that's opened us up yeah it's democratized like we found people from the university of waterloo in canada which was unexpected and just like a rich right kirsta like really rich engineering department up there and um you know and, and honestly a little bit less expensive too <laughs> so it's been interesting yeah really really cool part of that very cool we are also to uh, would you say wrap out our offering? Uh, we are also nearly prepared to be offering um, those RMA USDA products. Uh, 
you know, we may very well find ourselves with a meteorologist on staff or contractually, for example. Um, our, our point of entry is going to be our stalwart. That's definitely going to be on, on the epidemic side and filling these gaps uh, that others can't get framed in, but our, our resources allow us to frame them in. But here at the onset, we're also, and, and with longevity, we plan on being a, a cooperative party with the RMA on, on offering their policies. So I don't want, I hate to stop and say one stop shop, but uh, we intend to be, you know, the, the whole gamut of the, the risk mitigator. Very good. It's called a plug. I love it. And the more the better. Stockguard.io. <clears throat> yeah. So if you know uh, livestock producers, send them our way. Stockguard.io. That will be included in the show notes below for anybody listening. Uh, but Jeff, Greg, Kirsta, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, fantastic to learn a little bit more about Stockguard and get to know you all as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, Matt.